welcome to the AIM Sisters podcast. You're here today with your hosts, Anna and Maria Setting, and thank you so much for spending your precious time with us. In this episode, we wanted to talk about relationships because Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and for a lot of people, this is a very special date. So let's jump right in. Yeah, so Valentine's Day, when you think about it, you may think about roses and hearts and all that, but actually, who was Valentine, you know? You can check out our previous episode, and we talk a little more about Valentine's Day. Yeah, you can check episode number five of season one. It's called Valentine's Day, Origin and Differences Between Japan, Korea, and Brazil. And we really explain the origins of Valentine's Day, especially the mythological part and historical part of it. Briefly explaining, Valentine's Day is considered to be the day that Valentine was dead or buried. We're not really sure. Historians are not really sure either. But also some other people believe that Valentine's Day was actually a way to Christianize a pagan festival, which was called Lupercalia. Um, and Lupercalia was a fertility festival dedicated to Faunus, which was a Roman god of agriculture. It was also a celebration of the Roman founders, Remus and Remus. Yeah, Lupercalia was also considered a fertility festival, and it, spent, it was celebrated on February 15th, around that time, so it's right, right close to the Valentine's Day we celebrate nowadays. And as you can see in a lot of our episodes, we talk about how paganism was kind of erased or give it a new color with Christianity. So I think the same thing happened here. So when you talk about when we talk about Valentine's Day, what comes up to your mind? Well, we see a lot of couples and hearts and we see I even related to like Aphrodite and other things related to love, but there's a very special one, a tricky one, Cupid. Exactly. So some of you may know, but Cupid is also part of Roman mythology. And apparently Cupid was the son of Mercury which was the winged messenger of the gods, and Venus, which was the goddess of love. So it's really interesting how Cupid would actually mean a message of love, because Mercury is the messenger and Venus is love. So what better way to express love or to find love than finding a messenger of love? Of love? And when you think about Cupid, you also think about a bow and arrows. And thinking about arrows you I think I associated with air and air is also a message right it's about communication if you think about the elements but another interesting thing about that is that a bow and an arrow in the past they were used to cause harm exactly harm and to hunt to, to kill to harm. hurt something which actually is kind of fitting right it's really kind of bad but fitting because most people, they, they hurt when they're in love or they are attracted to things that resonate with their own wounds, right? And I think that's something interesting to talk about during Valentine's Day because some people may think that love is this beautiful concept and it may be a simple thing, but actually I think, I believe it's really complicated and it's untangled with many things in our subconscious and conscious mind. And sometimes we are triggered in relationships or we find it hard to find love 
because of those wounds and maybe Cupid is really connected to that. I think it also shows how we mixed up things like love is a very, in my opinion, is a very beautiful, even pure feeling, but we confuse attraction and other things like connecting to our own wounds and, and finding that in someone else as love. And this can lead to an array of complicated situations. So I think first we wanted to talk about things people should be aware before entering a relationship. Because we know like Valentine's Day is all about celebrating love. But I think it's also a good time to think about what love in your relationships mean. And what do you think about us talking about red flags in relationships? That's really interesting, I believe. Just one comment before we jump into that. It's just that sometimes when you find someone that is triggering for you or triggering for your own wounds or things you need to heal, it's actually sometimes a gift because it brings up what you need to heal, you know. But of course, it has to be in a very healthy way, not in abusive relationships, of course. So, yeah, let's jump into that about red flags. So, I think one very clear example of a red flag is when someone is very, very affectionate from the beginning in a way that is not really healthy <laughs> or realistic, actually. For example, if someone is really invested early on and you don't really know each other, but it seems like you are the entire world for them. It's not something that is good, actually. It's a kind of manipulation. And, you know, sometimes the person makes promises and they talk about the future and they make grand gestures of love just to leave you out hurt in the end when they leave you soon after. And it happens a lot. Um, but this is also a narcissistic trait, so people should be careful about it, you know. It is normal to take a time, to take your time to get into a relationship and to know the other person before you can expose your heart in such a way or make promises or plans about the future. It's not really normal to do that so early on, you know, because you don't know each other. Yeah, I think um, some people call it love bombing as well. And this is kind of a terminology that represents exactly that. Someone you barely know go and give you excessive attention and admiration and show their affection in the most romantic ways. And because you grew up in a society that really appreciates romance and all those big gestures, we think that's love. But actually, is it? Usually, like my sister said, this can be like narcissistic traits and people who do that they kind of make the other person feel obliged to respond to that love. Um, and also they create a kind of a pattern like the other person is expecting love. So love bombing usually includes like in this initial phase, a lot of attention and all of a sudden they remove all the attention together. So you create this dependent relation and the other person who was receiving the love will be like, oh, wait a second, did I do something wrong? What happened? And I think like also thinking about our culture in general, if I was watching some movies from the romantic period that represent that time, and I feel it's very love bombing all the time, like those big gestures of love, I'm gonna write you poems and I'm gonna sing you songs and blah, 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 but like you barely know each other's middle name. <laughs> I think I know like how, we, where it comes from in a certain way because 
When you are in love, when you're when there's something new in your life, there's fashion and all that. It's very some sometimes refreshing and exciting. Sometimes you're living in a very boring life and suddenly you meet someone is very exciting. But we should also keep ourselves grounded and know that you know, things should take their time. Yes. Another one that is very important is communication. So lack of communication can be a big issue and I think it's a big red flag because if you don't feel confident, if you don't feel comfortable in a relationship, sometimes it's hard to communicate how you're feeling or if your partner does something you don't appreciate or you don't like or you think is overstepping a boundary, you should be able to express that without feeling fear of reject of rejection or any other reprehensive behavior from their part. I think this is very complicated because people have different styles of communication and it's understandable that people, some people really like to talk and express their feelings, other, others are more reserved, but there must be an underlying you know, understanding of a basic communication in the relationship. Even though someone struggles to you know, express their feelings or even their thoughts, if they want to be in a relationship, they have to make an effort to communicate and to express what are their needs and expectations are and also can... be able to listen to the other person who is also willing to express what they want in that agreement of theirs. Yeah, I think, for example, if someone is feeling upset or not very, something bad happened and they're just like not in a good mood and the other one who's more talkative and usually talks about their problems and stuff might be a bit like, what happened? Tell me what happened. You know, I want to help somehow. And I think the other part, if, if their style is not very communicative and they just want to be with their own feelings and don't want to share it, at least they can tell the other person like, that's my way of processing things. Please, I just need some time alone. And that's a way of communication too. The other person who is more private don't need to go and share like the other one. You can respect the way you feel comfortable communicating, but there must be at least a basic level of communication just to say, hey, that's the way I process my emotions. I hope you respect that. And so the other person won't feel like, oh, they don't want to share with me. And they can finally understand, oh yeah, okay, that's just their way of doing things. Yeah, and I think it's also... Communicating is so complicated because it varies depending on the culture as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're dating someone from a different culture than you, it may be a little hard to understand, you know, what's the adequate level of communication because some places couples have to talk every day, every hour, or at least send a message, you know. In other places, it's not like that. You, you can go home for days, even a week or so, without talking, that's all right. But if it's not something that you like or if the communication is not enough or too much you should tell the partner and you know find an understanding also it's important to realize you know is this form of communication is just the person not able to talk a lot or they don't have time to text you enough or is that person unavailable you know because it's very different when someone is available is committed to you but they don't really have the skills or don't have the time to really talk a lot. Or if that person is just unavailable emotionally or they don't have the time and space to have a relationship in their lives right now, you know. So I know it's difficult, but it should be 
you should be able to talk to that person and make things clear, you know. Do you really have space in your life for a relationship? Do you really have the emotional space in your heart to have a relationship? Right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, people just have different expectations of what that, um, of that partnership is when actually the other person is not able to deliver, you know? That's a very important point. And I think it's kind of not that hard to understand when the other person is not available. Because, for example, using the previous example, if someone is just quiet and usually have a harder time expressing themselves, they can make themselves available in other ways. Just being present, just, you know, being there for you. That's a way of showing love as well and somehow communicating it. But people who are unavailable, they are unavailable in all ways. It not, it's not just talking or messaging or anything like that. So pay attention, folks. Don't get yourself in a relationship when the other person doesn't want to be there. Another one I think is important to mention is when someone is too jealous or if they have a controlling behavior. Sometimes people may think it's kind of cute if the partner is a little jealous, you know, but you should be careful about that. Because a certain level of jealousy is com it's understandable. I guess everybody has felt a little bit of jealousy. Mm -hmm. But if you pass a limit, it's not okay, you know. Because you have your own rights to do whatever you want, of course. Being respectful to your partner. But, you know, you can go out. You can have your friends. You can meet people. And that's all right. You're not cheating on your partner or anything like that. So... Unjustifiable jealousy, I think, is a little bit complicated. Yeah, I think it comes from lack of trust in each other, a lot of jealousy. And also, like, why would you feel jealous for someone that you know that cares for you and, you know, trusts in you? Sometimes it's not, I, I agree, sometimes it's that the person's not really trusting the other, but sometimes they are just insecure about themselves. Mm -hmm. And they think everyone else is better than them or that someone else is more interesting and their partner is surely going to leave them, you know. They have this belief inside of them. So this is not good. So that's the thing. It's not exactly the problem. It's not in the other person that you're feeling jealous or anything like that. It's more like a self-worth issue. Like, be confident in yourself. If someone is with you, it's because they like you and not the other person. But of course, like we mentioned before, communication is key. If you're feeling like the other person is doing something wrong to you or they're not committed to their relationship, talk about it. Don't process things on your own and come up with conclusions that are not real because it may happen. I, thought, I saw, I think it was a therapist... I think it was Renee Brown, not a therapist. <laughs> she talked about um, when people are having an argument or just like they, they don't like what someone else did. They, it's good to say, the story I'm telling myself is blah, blah, blah. And I think that's a great way of expressing that. It's not like, um, you did this to me. But it's like, this, because of your actions, because of the way you're behaving, the story I'm telling myself is that you don't care so much about me or that... You don't give me enough attention or blah, 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 something like this. And the other person has the opportunity to correct that because it's not um, a direct offense to them. They don't need to feel defensive about it. 
and they can clarify the situation. So I think even for cases when someone is feeling a bit jealous, is a good way to put things and clarify them. But of course, if you are feeling jealous because of your partner and you know the relationship is not so healthy, you must pay attention because sometimes it's gaslighting, you know? So gaslighting, I think you already know, but it happens when someone tries to blame you for things that they did or they make you feel like you don't know anything or that you're crazy or that you're overreacting. Yeah, or even like your memory is not really working, that you're responsible for their reaction mm -hmm. to something that they did. So this is also really important to notice, you know, because sometimes if the other person is doing something bad and they feel jealous and the other person tries to say, no, you're crazy, I'm not doing this or that, you know, we should pay attention to that as well. And if this is happening to you, this is really a red flag. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, just calling someone crazy is a huge red flag. Yeah. Like, anyone, never, no one ever did this to me. But if someone calls me crazy, I'm out. Because that's a big insult, I think, especially for women. Also, talking about the crazy talk, um, if, some, if somebody's talking bad about their exes, especially calling them all their exes are crazy, oh, yeah. you should also see this as a red flag. Because... Maybe someday you're going to be the crazy ex and you don't want that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this it already shows a lack of character. I mean, why would someone say bad things about someone else? It's just... Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Because some, some, in some point in your life, you're going to be in their past too. <laughs> and I, I think if you're really talking bad about your exes, it means you didn't really heal from the past relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, if you already processed that and you healed that and you're free to enter a new relationship, you're almost baggage-free, I'd say. Yeah, you, you, you went through that. And you don't hold grudges. It's like you, you learned a lesson. Even though it didn't last forever, you learned something from that person and you loved them at some point. So at least be respectful. That's what I think. Yeah, and other things we can consider red flags is like, when people are a bit of an emotional, manipulative person. Because this can be, for example, when they give you a lot of attention and all of a sudden they are cold to you. Or they have explosive behaviors and you don't see coming. So all those things make you feel like you're walking on eggshells and you don't know how to behave, what to say. Oh my gosh, they will explode. Or they'll just be quiet and say nothing to me for a week. You know, this is completely unhealthy and that's really immature yes especially cold treatment you know when somebody has an explosive behavior i think i'll be really scared because yeah i don't really I'm, i don't really know people who are explosive i guess maybe i know but i'm not you know i wouldn't be in a relationship with someone like that because i feel afraid of this kind of reaction but the cold treatment is really like immature because they're not really able to communicate Mm -hmm. and they think they're punishing you you know and that's not nice yeah another thing that we should mention I believe it's abuse of alcohol or substance abuse it's something that also I think is a red flag you know if you drink sometimes it's alright but if you're always drunk or if you cannot hold your alcohol you know it can be 
quite problematic in the relationship. Yeah, and I think a lot of people go into those things like, I can change you, I can help you go through this. But like, really ask yourself, do you have the emotional capacity to deal with this or the time and the energy to deal with someone like that? Because I think it's never good to go into something already wanting to change them. And we cannot change anyone. We can only change ourselves. And they can only change themselves mm-hmm. if they want to. Yeah. Another one that I think is really important is um, if somebody has a different idea of what being faithful means. Mm. So maybe it should be clear in your relationship. You know, what? what is faithfulness to you or... What is cheating to you, you know? Because sometimes, for example, somebody thinks that if they kiss someone or something like that, but they don't have an emotional connection, it's all right. A lot of people may think the opposite. If they have a lot of conversations, deep conversations, and opening their heart to someone, but they never had any physical relationship, it's all right. But for you, neither of them is all right. Yeah. Or, you know, one of them is. Or maybe your partner wants an open relationship and you don't want that. You know, so I think this is really important if you really want to have a, a healthy, yeah, mature relationship. Exactly. Yeah, that's really important. Also, I think one last thing we should talk about is like idealization of someone, putting them in a pedestal. I've seen this happen multiple times and it's not pretty because <laughs> usually it's like, First, you have a crush on someone, you're like, oh my gosh, this person is so smart, so this, so that, so perfect, and you want them to like you, of course you do, but the thing is, when you finally get that person to like you back, and you still have that idealized version of them in your head, like, oh, they're so smart, oh, they're so good, they're so handsome or pretty or whatever, and you never feel you're good enough for them if you put them in a pedestal. And you're going to keep idealizing all their behaviors and all this and that and justifying things that are not justifiable. So And you don't really see them for who they are. Yeah. You're just projecting mm-hmm. what's on your mind. That's it. And to be in a relationship with someone is really to remove your mask and allow the other person to show who they are truly and really see each other for who you are. And because honestly, all relationships we have in our lives like with our work colleagues, with friends, with this and that, we have a face on, like, this is my social self, this is myself at home, this is blah, blah, blah. When you're not, we're like that. Most people are like that. So at least when you find someone that you say, okay, maybe this is my person and you want to be real with them and, you know, present something that might not be so polished or might not be so perfect, but it's who you truly are. And I think that's what we're wanting for in a relationship. So I think just because it's Valentine's Day, maybe we should talk about some good things as well. Yeah, after all the red flags, if you haven't found none in your relationship, ding, 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 congratulations. Probably you're in a very good and healthy and stable relationship. So let's talk about it. So what are some signs of a healthy relationship? I think most people know some red flags, but they actually don't really know or they've never seen a healthy relationship in their environment, so they don't really know what it looks like, right? Yeah. I think... First one, trust. Trust is really, really important in a relationship. But sometimes it can be hard to trust someone, especially depending on how you grew up. 
the kinds of relationships you had when you were growing up really affects your future relationships and your current one. So some people may be, they, they may have a really open heart and be able to trust someone from day one, you know, because they had stable relationships in the past and nobody really failed them before. And what we mean by the past is literally when you were a child. Exactly. You know, the type of love and attention you were given was stable and continuous. It doesn't matter if you did something good or bad. Mom and dad were there or you were a caretaker or whatever. Caregiver showing like, I love you no matter what. So you're able to go into a relationship when you're older with a full heart and say, yeah, of course I'll trust you. People always trusted me too. But if that was not the case, if the love was always fluctuating and conditional, conditional and based on your behavior, then you're going to feel the same when you grow up. Like, You're going to feel the love is not always there and you must earn it somehow. But either way, I think with time, people can overcome that and trust, really trust the other person if it's a healthy relationship and if they feel safe in that. Another one that I think is important is honesty. You know, be honest about who you are. Don't try to be another person. If you feel safe being who you are around someone, it's really incredible. Because like my sister said before, sometimes we have those different faces we put on, but being really honest about who you are and also what's going on in your life. And I think also because we're talking about relationships, it's important to be honest about what you're looking for in a partner and what do you expect from that relationship. Some people are already ready for marriage, for example, and they want to find their partner for life. And if you're not ready for the type of commitment, I think it's very important to be upfront from the beginning. Or if you're further on a relationship and you're like, okay, I really want to have kids one day. And the person you want to marry doesn't want, like, is it worth it? And honesty is very, very important. But also when I talked about, you know, sharing things that's, that are going on in your life, it's also important to maintain healthy boundaries. You know, you don't have to tell every single thing that happens in your life. You know, but don't high things as well. Also, have respect for the other person, which means you're offering security and you're there for the other person and you respect them, you respect their opinion, their views on the world. And yeah, you're gonna be their cheer cheerleader when they're doing good in their life. You know, if they have a big project or this big goal and dream, you're, the, you're there to support them and they're there to support you as well. And both your dreams matter. So when you're in a partnership, you're trying to create this life together. And this life should be good for both of you, not just for one part. Another one is to have affection, intimacy and commitment. Which I think is really important. Sometimes the passion goes away with time, but you're still affectionate with one another. You still have intimacy and you're committed to each other. Which I think it's really important for a strong relationship. And also when we're talking about communication, I think good communication is not only for the good times, but for the bad times. So when you're having an argument that is inevitable sometimes, you still maintain the respect for the other person. And I think that's extremely important. You're never going to cross the line to just respect them, make them feel less than, and be objective. Like, don't dig things from the dark past and to throw them at random times. You know, that's not good communication at all. And, yeah, keep respectful, I, I'd say. Yeah, avoiding personal attacks, being empathetic, 
that's really showing your respect for the other person. Also, having reciprocity. So meeting the other person halfway. You do half the work, the other person does half the work. Sometimes you're in a situation where you can take care of the other person more, and the other times, the other person will take care of you. Depends on your needs and depends on times, but usually it's a half-half commitment. Yeah, in this way, you really don't fall into codependency. And you really are able to keep yourself as a whole person and the other two meeting in the middle. And that goes with like, you're able to live separate lives because you trust each other and you don't need to like mix and merge <clears throat> everything into one because you're not half combining into one, but you're actually two full people coming together. So I hope this episode really gave you some insight in relationships in general. And I also wanted to mention, if you want to know more about relationships, we have a very nice episode. A lot of people liked it. It's episode number four of season one. It is about love, styles of attachment, love languages, and self-love. And you can find out more about that. Like, what's your attachment style? And it's pretty interesting. And it really helps communication. Yes, it does. We wanted to close this episode with an oracle card like we've been doing. This one is Work Your Light Oracle Cards by Rebecca Campbell. And the card we got today is really fitting again to the conversation. It's boundaries. And it asks, where do you need to establish better boundaries? The imagery is really pretty. There is this woman standing tall. All, she's wearing black and a black hat too. She's standing, she's holding her arms extended, kind of like a cross, I'd say. Her body, her figure looks like that. And there's a lot of hands around her. And she's like protecting her energy. Like, I have my own space and those hands cannot reach me. Yes, and I think this is fitting because we were talking about red flags. And this card talks about, you know, where do you need to establish better boundaries? It can be with your friends, family, work, lover partner you 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 know who you need to have better boundaries with you know it allows you to protect your energy and say this is my space mm -hmm. you cannot cross that line and when you have good boundaries it says like when you say no is a full no and knowing your boundaries you can also say yes more fully because you only accept what you truly want to accept And this goes to like the way people treat you, the way you treat other people, the way all interactions come in your way, actually. Also trusting your gut feeling. When somebody asks you to do something or they do something, you feel it. And when you feel it's okay, you will know. When you feel it's not okay, you should say it. Mm -hmm. So the question that this card is holding is, why in your life do you need to establish better boundaries? So try to think about that during your week or during your Valentine's. And I really hope you have a wonderful time. Thank you so much for listening to us. If you enjoyed, please leave us a review on the podcast. You can also check our blog post on amsisters.com. Um, and I hope to see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and have a beautiful Valentine's Day. Much love and bye-bye. <laughs>